worthy. Yes, amen. He's the reason we live. He's the reason we sing. He is the only hero in this building. He's the only celebrity here. It's all about Jesus. Amen. We're, we're just a bunch of nobodies telling everybody about somebody who will save anybody. Amen. Amen. Grab your Bible. Grab your Bible. Remain standing for just a minute. Grab your Bible and turn with me to the book of Luke. The book of Luke chapter number 19. Luke chapter 19. How many are glad Jesus loves you anyhow? He loves us when we're up. He loves us when we're down. He loves us when we're in. He loves us when we're out. He loves us when we're good. He loves us when we're bad. He just loves us. Because that's, that's what he is. That's what he is. God is love. Amen. Amen. Boy, I'm telling you, I'm excited. I love that song. I love that song. Woo. Hallelujah. Luke 19, we're going to start in verse number one. We are still trying to motivate you. Our goal today is to motivate you to find a friend. Go be a friend, make a friend, bring a friend. Say it with me. Be a friend. Say it again. Amen. How many of y'all know this world is full of hurting people who need a friend? Amen. We're going we're to see and read about one today uh, if we can. I left my glasses again. No, nope, not this time. All right, Luke 19. Luke 19. Are them reading glasses? Yeah. All right. All right. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't see. <laughs> Woo. That's, that's bad. All right. Let's try this again. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Y'all can read, can't you? All right, let's try this. It's a little blurry, but I believe we can make it. All right, verse number one. If you're there in verse one, say Amen. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. He was not only loaded, he was short. Thank you, brother. You are awesome. I don't care what Sandra says about you. Amen. All right, here we go, here we go. Verse number four, are you there? So he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But there were some religious people there. There were some church people. Self-righteous jerks. And when they saw it, they all, what's that word? So if you ever wondered, if you have a habit of murmuring, You're a self-righteous jerk. What are they murmuring about? That he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. Wow. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, 
For as much as he also is a son of Abraham. Verse, verse 10, let's all read this. This is where, the, this is where the, the bill is. Let's all read. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Let me, let's read it again. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Which was lost. Lord Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the privilege the honor it is to come into your house with your people. I don't take this lightly. I love to do this. I love to fulfill my calling, and I appreciate you allowing me the privilege of being the pastor of these people and the teacher and the one who breaks the bread every week. I pray that you'll help us now. Lord, help us not to just be a hearer of the word, but a doer also. This doesn't do us any good if we're not going to go out and apply it and, and do what we learn. I pray that you'll help us all. Lord, help us all to be a friend like Jesus. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I, 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 titled this, I titled this this morning, Being a Friend Like Jesus. Say it with me. Being a friend like Jesus. Now, how many of y'all know that this world needs people to be a friend like Jesus was? Amen. Let, let's look at this story a little bit. Let me give you a little background, and, and then we'll, we'll jump right into it. I really I only have two points. I only have two points, so you can shout about that. But there's like 13 subs under each one. So <laughs> we're still going to be here a while. Uh, Jericho. Jericho. Jesus is coming into Jericho. Uh, he is on his way to the cross, right? He's on his way to Jerusalem. He's going to be the sacrifice, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. He's coming into Jericho. In the chapter before that, you'll find out he heals a blind man uh, as he's coming into Jericho. Now, Jericho, Jericho, it, back in that day, was a lot different than it is in this day. Uh, uh, me and my father had the, the privilege to be there uh, a few months ago, and, and, and it's pretty arid. It's really uh, uh, desert-like today, one of the lowest places on earth. And, and, but then it was, uh, it was called the Eden of the Old World. Uh, the Eden of Palestine. I mean, it, it had balsam plantations. It, the word Jericho means perfumed. And, the, and they believe that some of the plantations and some of the gardens that they had was, was able to bring a scent that would reach almost to the sea, almost to the Dead Sea. And it was like a beautiful place. There was a theater there, an amphitheater that Herod built, huge uh, gardens that Archelaus built. And it, it was just like a major city. It was a major trade route. So when you have a major city and a major trade route, there's a lot of commerce, which means there's a lot of money. Are you with me? Say amen. And that's what this, this, this place was. And so as Jesus is coming in, he's coming into Jericho. Uh, it's one of the major tax cities. There was three. There was three tax divisions or three major tax centers in Israel, one Capernaum, one Caesarea, and here in Jericho. Uh, Capernaum was the northern, Caesarea the central, and, and, and Jericho down here uh, uh, would be the, the, the southern uh, tax center. And so uh, it's, 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 it's a beautiful place. It's very wealthy. It, it is very, there's a lot of money, a lot of commerce, and so there's a lot of taxes. Well, as Jesus is coming in, uh, we find there's a man there that's curious about Jesus. So let's talk about him a minute. Let's talk about him a minute, and then we'll get to the outline. This man, Zacchaeus, the Bible says, is a chief, a chief tax collector. Now, here's what you got to understand 
about tax collectors and the publicans here. When you use the word publican, that's what it's talking about, the tax collector. Why were they so hated? It was because they were Jewish people who were working for the Romans, basically against the Jews. They had to buy, in other words, the, the, the tax collecting was franchised out. They had to purchase a franchise from the Roman government to be able to take taxes. The, the Romans expected a certain amount, and they could collect whatever they could get after that. So they would tax wheels, they would tax uh, they would tax uh, coming across bridges. I mean, everything you can imagine, they would tax. So it just basically it turned into extortion. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And so not only is this a major tax place, a place that's hated of the Jews, but there is a chief tax collector. In other words, he's the head over all of them. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, so he, the, 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 what, 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 what do we read from this and realize this from the publicans? They hated them. All the Jewish people hated them. They were, they were banned. Now listen, this is, this is significant, especially for a Jew. They were banned from worship in the temple. They were considered unclean. So if you were considered unclean, nobody could get around you. Nobody could fellowship with you. You might as well have been a leper. Because if people associated with you, then they would be banned from the temple. So not only could he not go to church, not only could he not uh, have anybody fellowship with him, he had no friends. Think about it. Because if they hang out with him, then they're banned too. So he had nobody. He had wealth. He had power. He had all of this that the world says that, that, that would make you happy. Yet he had no friends. He tried his best to see Jesus. Jesus is coming down. You remember, everywhere Jesus went, he was like a rock star. He, every, everybody crowded around him. They wanted to be with him. They wanted to see him. They wanted to see a miracle. He is coming into town. This, this entourage, his disciples, the crowd, and the pilgrims coming with him to Jerusalem for the Passover. And then the crowd coming out of Jericho to greet Jesus. So there's a crowd coming and a crowd going. And he's a little guy. Yeah. And he just can't find it. He's looking. Can you imagine? I can see this in my head. I'm sorry, but this is humorous to me. This little guy jumping, 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 jumping all around the crowd trying to see and nobody will let him in. Nobody will give him the time of day. Nobody pays any attention to him because he's only Zacchaeus. He's the tax collector. Now think about this. He goes, climbs a tree. Everybody knows the story. He sees, he sees the direction Jesus is coming. He sees the path that he's going to take. And he goes and he thinks about, hey, I can do something about this. And he finds a tree that is along the path that Jesus is taking. And he finds that tree. He climbs up that tree to see Jesus. Because he's got to see this man. He's heard so much about him. He's heard about the miracles. He's heard about all these things. I want to see Jesus. And so Jesus comes by the way. When Jesus gets to the tree, he stops. And he looks up. Uh, and by the way, he calls his name. No matter where you are, he knows where you are. 
And he not, man, I got God bum side of the hog about it right now. Amen. He knows where you are. And he knows your name. Zacchaeus, come on down. Come on down. I got to abide at your house. Now, here's what, as I was studying this, preparing this for y'all, I didn't realize this growing up. You know, we hear this story all the time. When I was growing up, we didn't have the, you know, uh, 3D and, and we didn't have HD TVs to teach our lessons with. We had flannel graph. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Got the flannel graph tree, the flannel graph sack is. Here we go, teaching the lesson. We got shafted, y'all. I'm going to tell you that right now. And, and I never heard this part of it, but, but the scholars, you know, if you're not smart, you read smart people. Say amen. And the scholars believed that what Jesus was saying here wasn't just, hey, I need to eat lunch with you. He had a sleepover. He stayed the night at, at Zacchaeus' house. Stayed, stayed out. In other words, Zacchaeus put him up. You know, there are pilgrims passing through. Jericho is the last stop. Now, I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all, there's something about being there and seeing it to make it make all sense because you didn't just, hey, we're just passing through Jericho now we're going up. No, no, no. You spent time and rested because uh, Jericho is one of the lowest places on earth and, 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 and uh, uh, Jerusalem is way above sea level even though it is, it's, it's just about 15 miles, I guess, but it's all uphill. Say amen. And Jericho is one of the last places that had springs of water. It's a place where pilgrims rested and got their, their strength together and got their energy together. And then they started the track up to Jerusalem. So Jesus was spending some time. Now here's a, here's a significant thing I want to show you. Here, here's the two points. Here's the two points. Uh, being a friend like Jesus, there's two things I want you to see. The pattern and the point. The pattern and the point. All right? So let's look at the pattern first. Here's what Jesus did. Now think about this. Think about this. When Jesus chose to be a friend to somebody, when Jesus chose to be a friend to somebody, and I need all of y'all to get this. I need all of y'all to get this because religious people are notorious for looking up or trying to be around people that's just like them. How many of y'all have ever heard this phrase, our kind of people? Our kind of people. We've even had churches that sent people here because they were not like their kind of people. And all I can say to that is, bring them on. But this is what Jesus did. When he chose to make a friend, when he decided to reach out to somebody, and he became a friend to somebody, he initiated it. First he was a friend, then he made a friend. Are y'all with me? He initiated it, and this is what he did. He picked out, think about this, he didn't just pick out a sinner. He didn't just pick out a bad person. He chose the most notorious sinner in all of Jericho. The one with the worst reputation. The one who was not just a publican. He was the leader of the publicans. And you know the little guy probably had a little man syndrome so nobody liked him anyway. He picked out the biggest outcast in the whole city and said, I'm going to your house. You know what might be the problem? I'm not making no friends. I think you might be looking for the wrong people. 
You might be looking for the wrong people. Well, I'm trying to find... No, no, no. It's not who's most like you that you need to be looking for. It's who needs you the most. One of my best friends, one of my best friends, Paul Allen Owens in South Carolina, Baltimore, South Carolina. He was a captain. Y'all heard this story. He's a captain in the Baltimore County Jail. Mean as a devil. Bad, bad guy. Would go to church every weekend and have a whole cooler of beer in the trunk of his car. Don't act so shocked. I'm not my, just, 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 just uh, the stories I've heard of all of the deal. And then Johnny Atkinson. Johnny Atkinson, he was, he was another one that got saved, come in, chicken fighter. Yeah, chicken fighter, raise chickens, game cars. You know, fight chickens, chickens. Y'all seen, y'all, y'all got to check this out. <laughs> I went and visited one in South Carolina. They do that a lot over there. And, 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 and we went visiting one time, and I had my assistant with me, and we went in this yard, and there was chickens everywhere. They were hanging in trees. They were down on the floor. Tied. I mean, when you leash a chicken, that's a bad chicken. Say amen. I mean, I've seen, I've seen dogs on roads, but I ain't never seen no chicken on a leash, amen? And we're visiting to this guy, we're visiting this guy, and y'all know I'm redneck, I can't help it. You know, we're talking to this man, and the man said, Preacher, do you want to see him go? I said, yeah. My buddy said, no, 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 that's illegal. I said, go sit in the truck, man. Johnny comes. I've never seen nothing like that. Man, I, I grew up real sheltered, you know, and he pulls out blades. And they strap blades in them things. And all you PETA people in here, it's just chicken and dumplings. Say amen, whatever. <laughs> all of them had reputations. All of them had reputations. Some people wouldn't come to our church because they were there. Paul sat on the back. Johnny sat on the front. Both of them got saved, man. And, 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 and I, I would always tell this to people. I always tell this to people. They say, well, I tell you what, how many of y'all have heard this? If I come in that door, the ceiling would fall in. How many of y'all heard that? Here's, what you, here's how you respond. Nope, nope. Preacher had reinforced girders put in just for you. Just for you. We planned to have you in the service. Because the truth be known. They think they're too bad to be in here, but what they don't realize, so are we. That's right. So are we. He picked the most notorious sinner. The one hated the most. What was his pattern? First thing you got to do, if you're going to be a friend like Jesus, if you're going to be a friend like Jesus, some of y'all, y'all need to get this one. You're going to have to learn to ignore the critics. You're going to have to learn to ignore the critics. People come to me all the time. Preacher, you know what so-and-so said about temple? Here's what you need to do. When they do that stuff, especially when it's because we reach out to people that nobody will reach out to, you need to use that as a badge of honor. And here's how you respond. Let me teach y'all. I'm, I'm just a pastor a little bit. Let me teach y'all how to do this. It, it took me a while. I'd get mad first. That's my first nature when somebody talks about something I have a heart for and I love. I, my first initial response is to get angry, but I've matured a little bit since then. And, uh, and, and so here's how you do it. When somebody says that about how, how Temple reaches out to the lost or how, what methods we use to reach people that don't know Christ and all that, here's what you say. When they say, did you know that so Here's how you respond. You go, yeah, man, isn't that great? 
And they'll think, okay. <laughs> be careful. Be careful when people are real comfortable telling you gossip. Because that says more about you than it does them. If, if, if you're the type, well, preacher, so-and-so, I, I, I've just heard that so, well, then you might be, have the problem. If they feel real comfortable gossiping to you, then you haven't done something. They, anyway, let me just leave that there. Just saying. Right? If you're going to be a friend like Jesus, you've got to ignore the critics. Because there's always going to be critics. Look what the people said. Look what the people said. I think it's in verse 7. Look at look in verse 7. And when they saw it, they all, what's that word? Murmured. Murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a... What is he doing hanging around him? They couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. But you know what? Jesus didn't care. Jesus knew their response was going to be that. He didn't care. And not only did he ignore the critics, here's the second thing you got to do. This is a pattern that Jesus showed. He initiated the contact. He initiated the contact. Say it with me. He initiated All right, I'm going to give you three things right here. Three practical things that we can do these next two weeks to initiate the contact, Okay. Remember, we're going out to be a friend, we're going out to make a friend, and then we're going to bring a friend, right? We're going to be a friend, that's attitude, make a friend, that's our action, all right? Now, here's the thing, three things, write these things down. First, write the word stop. Stop. Say it with me. Stop. Say it again. Stop. Look at your neighbor, hold up your hand, and say stop. Stop. Jesus, how many of y'all believe Jesus was a busy man? I mean, he's having to keep up with the disciples. He's having to save the world. He's having to feed people when they're hungry, heal people. I mean, he didn't even, he hadn't even got into Jerusalem, or excuse me, Jericho yet. And there's a blind man outside the gate saying, uh, Jesus, our son of David, have mercy on me. He can't go anywhere. He is a busy, busy man. But when it comes to being a friend, he stopped. He stopped. This, this stood out to me. This stood out to me. The Bible says, the Bible says that, that if anybody's going to follow him, in other words, they're going to be like Jesus, and they're going to be a disciple, first he must deny himself. Say that with me. Deny, deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Do you know what one of the biggest obstacles to us making a friend is our schedule. Sometimes we're just too... If you're too busy to engage a sinner, if you're too busy to initiate contact with someone who doesn't know Jesus, you're too busy. Because that is your purpose. I'm a teacher. No, you're a disciple. You're a teacher on the side. You're a full-time disciple. You're a full-time follower of Christ. I preach 
on the side, but I'm a follower of Christ. That is my calling. That is my purpose. That is my duty to deny myself. Sometimes I had to say no to what I want, no to the things I want to do, no to the places I want to go so I can take up my cross and follow Jesus. Jesus had a schedule, but he stopped. He stopped. Quit making excuses. I can't make friends. You can't if you don't slow down. Stop. Stop. B or two or whatever you want to put. He stopped. And then it says he saw. He saw. You know, you know what our problem is? We're not seeing. We're not seeing. Now write that down and look at me. It is so easy. It is so easy to get so accustomed to seeing something that you stop seeing it. A certain... A certain thing. There could be something out of place, you know, here in the church, and that, that, that we've seen it so much. Maybe a piece of, uh, of, of shoe mold that's not there, something that's not painted yet, or something, you know, whatever. But we've seen it so much, it's just, it blends in. Yeah. But a visitor comes and sees it, and it stands out like, what? Why ain't got a shoe mold over there? Well, most people don't. I do. I look at trim all the time, no matter where I go. That's some sorry piece of trim. No, I'm kidding. But y'all, y'all get what I'm saying? In other words, there may be somebody that desperately needs Christ that sits three chairs from you every single day at work, but you don't see him. I read a verse, I read a verse where the Bible says that Jesus came and he was healing all the sick, everybody that was needy, he was teaching, he was preaching, he was healing. And then it says, but, 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 but. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them. For they were as as sheep that had no shepherd, were scattered. You see, it wasn't the multitude that moved Jesus. It was their condition. And we have failed to see the forest for the trees because we haven't stopped long enough to see people in the condition they are in. We see their problems and and we see their issues and we see the little things that irritate us about them, their attitudes maybe. But we don't see them as people who are in desperate need of Christ. I know, and I'm, I'm, I'm not... Trust me, I know, I know, I know how irritating people can be. I'm not, I'm not preaching at you. I'm just trying to get us to open our eyes to something. Sometimes all we can see is those things that irritate us and it causes us to ignore them. Not just ignore them, but sometimes try to avoid them. I'm guilty. I'm guilty, man. I'm preaching to myself. Y'all just happen to be here. I'm telling you. Sometimes I don't see people like Jesus sees them. I see them how I think they ought to be. I don't see them. Jesus, man, he was so awesome at seeing potential in people. If we would have saw Peter in the shape he was in, he was just a cussing fisherman who had an attitude problem. Who constantly put his foot in his mouth. 
But that's not what Jesus saw. Jesus saw, he didn't see, he didn't see uh, 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 Simon. He saw Cephas. He saw a rock. He saw somebody who would stand one day on the day of Pentecost and preach the gospel and see thousands saved. That's what Jesus saw. Man, he sees potential in people. He looks beyond their faults and he sees their need. He looks beyond the things that we focus on. We got to change what we're seeing, people. All people could see of Paul Allen was this big, rough, gruff, mean guy who cussed too much and drank too much and would beat you up if you needed it. But man, all I can see is a big teddy bear who's the most given person in the given soul and a blessing. Oh, I can hear, I'm telling you, I can hear his voice in my head right now. How about it, cuz? Do we see people like Jesus sees them? Don't see people like the other people see. All they could see was a publican. All they could see was the chief tax collector. All they could see was people who had things in their life that they despised and hated. But they didn't see what Jesus saw. By the way, by the way, according to tradition, I don't, I don't know if this is true, but according to church tradition, Zacchaeus became the pastor or bishop at Caesarea. Later on. I want to ask you, what are you seeing when you see people? Do you see the multitudes of problems? Do you see the multitudes of issues? Do you see the multitudes of sin and shame? Or do you see sheep having no shepherd? People in need. If we're going to be a friend like Jesus, first we got to, Come on, everybody. First we got to, then we got to, we got to see. It says when he saw him, when he saw him, he says, Zacchaeus, hurry up, son. We're going to stay at your house today. Third thing he did, he spoke. He spoke. Steve, I'm going to pick on you a minute. Stand up a minute. See that cat right there? He looks all pretty and clean today. Roll your sleeves up. Come on. Yeah. Come on up here. Come on up here. They can't see you back there. Come on, come on. It'll be all right. Hey, whether you believe this or not, this is my Coleman, Paul Allen. Because if you mess with me, he'll whoop you. <laughs> Amen? Amen? That's right. Listen, first time I saw him, he, he come through, I believe it was in my office. And I had a, I had a cap on uh, that was uh, Brushy Creek Spud, which is a, a coon dog. It was a, a stud dog that was being advertised. And he walked by and said, hey, Spud. 
Like, who you calling Spud, man? First met, pulled up on a Harley. Pulled up on a Harley. What do you call them kind of handlebars? Ape hangers. Ape hangers. <laughs> Big old Harley. Matter of fact, he let me ride it, and Tammy was coming down the road, and I put one of them skull helmets on, and my tie was flapping in the wind. I drove by. Am I telling the truth? Drove it like a pro, baby. And the girl said, that's daddy. Tammy said, nah. I mean, I was riding on that tie flapping in the wind, baby. I was bugs hitting my teeth and everything. It was great. Tattooed, Harley riding, woolly booger. <clears throat> and a cool dude. Cool dude. Played Jesus one year in the, in, in, in the, in the play. Did a fabulous job. Yeah, that's right. Rode in on a donkey. That's what happens when you get saved. You go from a Harley to a donkey. <laughs> Right? You know what? The sad thing is, there's a lot of religious people. I ain't going to say Christian. Just religious people probably wouldn't give you time of day. Truth be known. And you've probably felt that before. But you know what? Jesus sees here. Jesus, Jesus don't, don't, let me see. Jesus don't look at all this like self-righteous people do. He looks at the heart. How many of y'all are glad of that? Put it there, bro. Appreciate it. What are you seeing? What are you seeing? Do you see what Jesus sees? You won't see anything until you... Let me see this person like you see him, Jesus. Now, let, let's be honest. Let's just, let's just be fair about this. Let's just be fair about this. There are people from our upbringing. There are people from our upbringing, by the way, we were brought up as a kid maybe, that you, your first response would be, oh. it might be tattoos. It may be skin color for all that matters. Let's be honest. Come on. But when we have that initial natural which is fleshly, which is not good response. Right. Say, Lord, let me see them like Jesus sees them. Yeah. Amen. And by the way, it, it don't have to be skin color or tattoos. It can be just what we think is white as snow. They can be the biggest jerks they are. Right. So it's that too. Sometimes we got to look past somebody's past. Amen. Not just the, the initial... But, there, and when I say past, I don't mean their sins in the past, the way they've treated you in the past. Yeah, now I'm getting somewhere. I didn't hear an amen, I heard, oh. <laughs> My brother, he's got the Bible mixed up a little bit. You know, everybody says, you forgive and you forget. He said, I forgive them and I forget them. I said, that's not the way this works. You have misinterpreted that scripture right there, son. He, he saw, then he spoke. 
See, we're going to have to be willing to get out of our comfort zone. Because some of y'all don't have no problems. Griggs, he can speak to anybody. I don't care who they are. It, 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 can, it, it can look like Sunday School Sonny or, or Harley Davidson Gardner over there. Amen? It doesn't matter. But everybody's not like that. Some of us are going to have to learn to see people like Jesus sees them and step out of our comfort zone. Can I be honest with y'all just a minute, about 32 seconds? <clears throat> the kind of people my father was growing up and Paul Allen was growing up, I despised. I grew up really sheltered, a, a whooping every other Thursday, whether I needed it or not. I couldn't stand people that picked on other people. I couldn't stand bullies. I couldn't stand people that fall all the time. I didn't do that. I couldn't stand mean people. So my initial response to Paul would not have been that. Are you you with me? And it took coming out of your comfort zone. It took coming out of speaking who you feel like you can speak to. And you know what? Man, if I hadn't, if I hadn't, if I hadn't, I would have missed out on some of the best friends I've ever had. With Paul Allen, with Steve, with different ones that that I had to step out of my comfort zone. Man, some of you are missing the best friends you've ever had simply because of a preconceived idea of who they really are. Speak up. Speak up. Say it with me. Say it again. God didn't tell the sinner to come to the, to the to Christian. He told the Christian to go to the sinner. Jesus went. He initiated the contact and went to Zacchaeus. And he, he spoke. Maybe the one thing that's keeping you from having the best friend you ever had is just opening your mouth. Now, there are times we need to learn to shut our mouth. Amen. But I think sometimes, especially in the next couple of weeks, we need to learn to open our mouths. And it could simply be, how you doing? Come on. Come on. You may change somebody's life. Let me say this. Let me say this. God knows some of y'all are thinking this is just Y'all know we do Oasis, our depression ministry, working with that type of thing. This month, this month, it's just a coincidence. I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think there's ever a coincidence. I think God's always in charge and orchestrating stuff. But this month is Suicide Awareness, Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. It would blow your mind, it would blow your mind how many people have attempted to take their lives simply because they felt alone. Felt alone. I wonder what would have taken place if somebody would have took the... the, And by the way, by the way, when you're fighting depression, you're not going to initiate contact. Matter of fact, you're going to try to avoid it. Not Not because you really want that. You want somebody to say, hey... You want somebody to check on you. You want somebody to to be invested in you. But you're in such a dark place, you avoid that. But what if somebody would have just said, Hey, how you doing? 
with a smile. The one in the drive-thru. The waitress that comes to your table. I've, I've given you example after example of how many times that God just used a hello and a smile to change somebody's day. Let's practice again. Y'all have a bad short memory. Let's practice again. Come on, no, smile first. You got to look friendly. I, I have never seen in my born days all the fake smiles in my life. It's like y'all afraid your face is going to break or something. Come on, people. Let's see them. Up in the balcony, up in the balcony. Y'all ain't getting away from this. Up, come on, let me see it, let me see it. There we go, there we go. All right. Dave, are you smiling? It's dark where you're at. There's a shadow. He's not? Okay. See me after church. Amen. There we go. I see it now. I see it now. Smile. Hey, smile's alliterate too. Let's say that. First is smile. Say it. Then. 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 All right. Let's try it again. Uh, is, is Miss Indian here? Can we start a new sign group? Amen. <laughs> now, how many of y'all think y'all can do that? Yeah. All of you can. All of you can. I got four minutes. Let me give you a second point. Here's what I want you to write down. Here's the second point. The first point was the pattern. The second point is the point. That's right. I said it. The point. Write it down. What's the point? How many of y'all have ever asked that? What's the big deal? What's the point? What's the point of this? Why did Luke put this in there? Why didn't Luke put this in there? Out of all the stories he could have put, he put of Jesus taking the time out of his day to, to stop and initiate contact with the most notorious sinner in all of Jericho and hang out and spend the night with this dude. What's the point? Look in verse number 10. Look in verse number 10. Everybody look in verse number 10. Now we know Zac Zacchaeus got saved, right? Somewhere in, that, in, somewhere in that, that time together, somewhere in that time of hospitality where he stayed at his house, he shared the gospel with him. Zacchaeus got saved. He changed his life. He said, I'm going to give back what I have taken wrongfully. Lord, I'm going to do all these things. All right, now watch. So how do you know he got saved? Because Jesus said he did. Verse 9, and Jesus said unto him, this day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is the son of Abraham. Verse 10, verse 10, everybody read. Here's the point, guys. Here's the point. For the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was that which was lost. What's the point? Two things. Write this down. The priority of seeking. The priority of seeking. This is just for you outline people. The priority of seeking, he said, the Son of Man came to seek and to save. To seek and to save. To seek and to save. He didn't say, I came to teach sound doctrine. He didn't say, I come to open the eyes of the religious people. He said, I come to seek and to save. To seek and to save. Say it with me. Two. Say it again. Say it again. Say, what's the point? What's the point of all this? What's the point of friend day? What's the point of uh, making a big deal out of all this? Because there is a priority in seeking. Amen. Jesus made it a priority in seeking. Amen. Why be 
because of his passion for the sinner. Because of his passion for the sinner. Now write that down and look at me. I want to share with you something. Real quick. Got a minute and 58 seconds, so write fast. <clears throat> there was a preacher by the name of uh, Curtis Hudson. Uh, at one time he had one of the largest churches in America, huge Sunday school, big time soul winner. Big time soul winner. I mean, he was just all about that and, and, and just real, real famous, I guess, in, in the day. Uh, he, he got cancer. He got cancer. Only had a short time to live. When I was in Bible college, when I was in Bible college, now everybody listen, this is really important. When I was in Bible college, it was like the, the, the second to the last time that he preached before he died. In other words, he preached at victory, he preached one more time, I think, and then he passed away. He was real weak, real pale when he was there. And uh, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget that night. I mean, it was, the place was packed. His son was sitting on the front row. I was sitting beside him. I didn't even know that was his son. And he would go back and forth. He was so weak. He was so weak. He had, he had a microphone. I remember that it was before they, I don't, I don't think they had cordless. They might have had cordless mics. But I, I remember seeing in my mind, seeing the, 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 the cord with the mic. He was just going back and forth. And I, I'll never forget what he said. And he would say it over and over and over again. It's about sinners. And he was so weak in his voice, and he would say, it's about sinners. And he would preach a little bit, and then he would just stop, and he would think, and he would say, it's about sinners. And his message was that church can become, church can become about a lot of things, can't it? Church can become about performing, Church can become about, you know, putting on a, a, a good presentation. Church can become about social justice in the community or so, meeting social It can become a lot of stuff. You ask anybody, everybody's got their idea of what church should do, right? And he was talking about all the things that over the years and over time, because churches go through cycles, that churches become... He, and he said, I've, I've come full circle to where I started. That church and Christ and the gospel is all about sinners. Jesus came for sinners. Jesus died for sinners. Jesus loves Why did he pick the most notorious sinner in Jericho? Because, ladies and gentlemen, it's all about sinners. sinners. Friend day is not about a packed house. Friend day is not about breaking a certain number. Friend day is not about anything but about sinners needing a Savior. How many of y'all know humans usually don't do what they're supposed to do? How many, how many of y'all know that, 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 that humans usually need an excuse to do what they should do anyway? Prove it, preacher. 
Everybody in here is supposed to be bringing people to Jesus. Everybody in here. We're supposed to be bringing people to Jesus. In the last year, how many of you brought to him? You see, we don't do it because we're supposed to. Say, why are you having friend day? To give you an excuse to do what you should be doing anyway. It's all about sinners. It's all about sinners. Not about me, it's not about you. It's all about because when it comes to Jesus here on this earth, to him, it was all about he didn't care what the critics thought. He didn't care what the religious people thought of him hanging out with sinners. Because to him, it was all about. And since we're a whole building full of sinners, yeah, you too. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that Jesus looked beyond my fault and saw my need. Can we give God praise and glory in this house? Yes. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm so grateful.